hello, hello, and welcome to the Sanibel Captiva Guide podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we just thought we'd come back and do an update. Obviously, we've been uh, out. MIA. Yes, MIA for the last four or five weeks. I think six weeks. Six weeks. weeks. A lot's been going on in the last six weeks. You might notice that we're not at our usual location on Periwinkle Way. Um, we're actually at our house in Fort Myers. Uh, minus some drywall and uh, furniture and all the rest of it. But we did salvage a couple of little bit, bits and pieces from the office, so you can see our wonky wonky wave there, <laughs> and a couple of pictures that, uh, if you look closely, are a little bit damaged. Oh, lighthouse. and the lighthouse, yes. Yeah, so um, let's, let's go for it back and a little recap of what happens. Back in time. So we were actually on our way to a convention... We were going to uh, Denver. Uh, Denver to a convention, and we had a flight booked on the day before the hurricane. Okay. And somebody didn't think the hurricane would be much. I'm not saying who it was. But anyway, we, our flight got cancelled from Fort Myers, so we found another flight in Miami. Miami. So yeah. we drove over to Miami. Max came with us. Max was going to see a friend in Miami. And... Lo and behold, that flight got cancelled, and then we started looking at the weather and thinking, "Oh, actually, this could that be. flight did not get cancelled. Oh, it didn't. No. Okay, we just didn't go. We just, we just didn't, didn't go. go. Okay, we because, didn't go. Yeah. After the news came on that the causeway yeah. had been, yeah, we destroyed. were sitting there watching, and, and basically it was obvious that we shouldn't be leaving town. So we sat through the hurricane. Our good friends, Carl's and Carl and Jen, so friends of mine from England who live in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, as soon as we could leave to come back, we did. Yeah. Uh, bringing several generators and food and anything, uh, gas cans, anything we thought might be of use. Yeah. And it did become, come into use. It did. Yeah. We, we ran, the, ran the generator heavily. We yeah, and what did we find when we got back? What did we find? Um, we well, might, maybe we should run a bit of video here. I don't know, but we found two feet of what? Two feet of flooding in here. Eighteen yep. inches of flooding in our house, and then our office, which is the reason we're not there, is because it had about five feet of flooding in there. Yeah, which then flipped up upside down the whole podcast studio. Everything got flooded in there. Fortunately, we brought all of our camera equipment to Miami. We bought our camera gear, so we got bare bones camera gear. But the a lot of the audio equipment, this all this new audio equipment is either new, borrowed, or begged, begged. begged. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that all got flooded. So shout out to my cousin Sam and, and Kyle. her husband Kyle, yeah. who lent us some podcast gear. So so then after that, we found our we found our house. We started to clear it all out. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we got home to a big, big puddle, like a puddle of slurry in the house. I wouldn't call it a puddle. Well, it lake. was it was a Not lake. A lake. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> sludge. Entire... It was basically the water had come back out, but there was sludge. There was a layer of mud throughout right. the, the entire, entire house. house. Yeah, we basically had to clear all of that out, clear all of our furniture belongings. out, all of our belongings, and then rip all of the drywall up to four feet, as you can see behind us. And that's uh, all the way through the house. So if you have, if you use the bathroom at that end, you can actually see the bathroom at that end and the one over there as that's well. True. You can see people's legs everywhere you look. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a good place to go to the bathroom. But apart from that, we're very lucky. Some people didn't have a house at all to come home to. Correct. So um, although we can't live here now. Uh, For the first three weeks, we stayed down in Naples, which was bizarre because we'd be here all day working. We're doing the work ourselves, um, obviously, to save money and to get in here as quickly as we could. 
And at the end of the day, we're exhausted, and we would go down to Naples where... Like a palm frond had fallen down on the yes, ground. <laughs> there was not much damage there at all. <laughs> but it was, was kind of a nice reprieve to get out of the craziness here. Yeah, and we stayed in, stayed with family for a few days, for a week, and then family uh, family members of the family members had uh, had a, another place in, in, in Naples. Naples, and we stayed in that condo for two weeks. And now we've got some good friends here that have offered us a condo uh, closer to here. So yeah, we've been the drive there. was a bit much. It was about 45 minutes to drive back and forth, so each way. So it was like bit, an hour, but yeah. yeah, there was no traffic lights, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. So it was a bit wacky races. All the traffic lights were hanging down or missing or, or gone. So, so yeah, so that's where we've been. Um, we didn't get out to the studio. We didn't know how the studio was right away. Uh, the causeway was not open, um, so we managed to get out by boat. Max actually was the first one to get there. Uh, Max has been doing some drone work for residents that residents could, that weren't able to get home here from up north or wherever they were from. They just wanted, wanted to survey their property. Yeah, so I would go through and survey their property with the drone, and then take pictures of. So tell us a bit. Well. Tell us a bit more about that. Your journey to get out there, Max, and what you did once you're there. How you got around. Uh, yeah, so the first day, uh, we well, we hired a boat captain to take us out. Because our uh, boat was flooded. Our boat had been flooded in the storm, so Along it was no with longer running. three cars, a motorcycle, <laughs> the boat, anything else? Paramotor. Paramotor, a house, and a business. So, so land, sea, and air. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I took a boat captain out there. I brought my bike the first day, and I think I did nine houses the first day, and I biked from the very end of uh basically dixie where the beach. causeway let, let off yeah dixie beach all the way down tarpon bay past bailey's i think i did like 20 miles that day i was all over the, every side of the island and that first day was on a bike fortunately uh, eventually i got a um scooter. an electric scooter we borrowed from a friend She's and sitting back there. yeah sitting behind us and uh i basically Biked my tail off all over the island surveying people's homes. I saw a, a house in basically every neighborhood in the entire island. What was your first impression when you got to the cause or caught to Sanibel for the first time? Because you were the first one to lay eyes on the island. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, at that point, it was still really covered in sand. So it was, we, all of the roads were covered in dirt or a, a layer of sand. Uh, so it looked like an entire beach island, everything. Um, and Essentially, every single house, house's first story was completely flooded. Uh, it's weird to see, even though the outside walls were still intact, the inside of the the buildings were all flipped upside down. All the furniture, anything that wasn't attached to the ground was lifted and then dropped somewhere else in the house. Uh, and that was consistent through every single house I went to. And if one, they had a finished bottom floor, which you're not supposed to, but right, some of them did. Exactly. And one story, you had uh, somebody overnighted a key to you because they thought you would probably need the key to get into their house. And you actually went to the house. And, and there was no front door. No, no front door. <laughs> yeah. So no key needed. Another story, somebody called me, called me and said that the spare key would be in the pool room. And I had to call them and let them know that there was no pool room anymore. The walls had been ripped away. Anything that was inside it was gone. And the spare key definitely wasn't there. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, so you managed to get to the office, what, day two? I think or it was day, day three. Four. Or was it, it was a while. Saturday after the storm, maybe. 
And then it was quite apparent after Max's description, he managed to get in there. And the, literally, if you looked at we in our studio um, where the podcast studio was set up, if you look behind us, it looked at the past episode. And then right behind me was a fire door. To the, the outside. To the outside. And the bottom half of that fire door had snapped off. And you could see that a gush of water had just come in and turned everything upside down. So it's like a tidal wave. It's like a tidal wave office. came in. And literally, furniture was up on the uh, up on the filing cabinets. And, uh, we had fit, dead fish. Dead fish. <laughs> did you find sp- a dead fish? Yeah. I did not see it. Was, uh, it was rather smelly. Anyway, so we got. On that first recce, when we went, we went the day after Max, and we got we were on a bike, and I think we salvaged one microphone, and a and a shrink wrap pack of two HDMI cords, and that was all. Yeah. We Why don't we show them the mic that we just found? Oh yeah, I think I just pitched it onto the pile over there. One, so, I literally just, we've got a huge trash pile out in the front. I did, I did just. Oh, that's the that's the one we salvaged, but it doesn't quite sound as good as it should. Yeah, it was very. It was. Depressing. We literally kind of stuck our heads in, and um, there wasn't anything you could do because we, we had bikes and we just couldn't take. We've been in that office for seventeen years, maybe eighteen in that location. Yeah, since uh, two thousand and two, probably. So maybe a little bit later. Uh, yeah, twenty, nearly twenty years. Right, nearly twenty years. So twenty years of stuff inside our office. I was, cleaned it all up, Max. So yeah. So, yeah, so we got in there. So then we, we didn't go back again because there was nothing you could really get out without some serious manpower and cars weren't getting across the causeway. There was no causeway and you couldn't take a car out there. So we didn't even try anymore. So after that, we, we Max was carried on doing the... Yeah, I think the, I did 42 houses in two, two three yeah. weeks. And you got amazing reviews yeah, i guess you would say they're just because it's because just, there's so many people that were hopeless to come down here there's no hotels to stay in because of everyone moving down here that that were in disaster cleanup yeah uh there, that point, there was no way to get to the the island so they would have had unless to hire, you hired a boat they'd have to fire find a hotel which would be really hard to and they find. couldn't get on the they weren't allowed on the island and at then that point, yeah anyway. if they didn't have a hurricane pass they wouldn't have been able to go on the island and they would have had to find a boat so it would have cost just thousands of dollars just to even arrive at their house before they could do anything yeah which is where I came in and sent them very detailed photos and sometimes even walk through videos of these people's houses right. so that they could, uh, so they I could think it just gave on. people closure cause they, there's yeah. a lot of people that I got, I was doing it for two weeks. It's dry. I mean, it's done now because people can cross the bridge. Um, but for t- two weeks after the storm, I was still going out and people had still not seen their house. Right. They'd seen air, like you could, there was a oh, satellite a map, photos. Yeah, and, the Sanibel put out, or, or not the Sanibel, but a government agency of some sort put right, out a Noah satellite. or something, yeah. wasn't it? And then, so yeah, even two weeks later, I was still go, being the first person to see people's houses and let them know that what what had happened, that yeah. their, you know, their cars were flooded and their, their bottom floor was screwed up. And yeah. it's hard to sum. We we got a friend Chris who uh, has a condo at Sanibel Arms, and who, the, him and his wife kindly let us stay there a little while back. But they uh, we went and checked on their condo, um, and literally there there was nothing. The, there was not even windows or doors, and not only were they not inside, they were there was a small window in the back of the property, so all the windows and doors had come off. The frames and all had been blown out. 
they'd all gone through a small window in the back of the building and there was literally nothing but tough, along with all the drywall with the drywall back blocks just there was just little tufts of fiberglass hanging from the ceiling yeah, and, that was crazy. and it was kind of a tough conversation to have to call them and say there's literally nothing there and they say well what about the kitchen countertops or the no and it was no literally there's nothing nothing it literally it just looked, looked like, like a cinder block con, it looked like new, new construction, construction like a, yeah and that was starting. consistent through a lot of the yeah. beachfront places especially going what would along you middle say, Gulf. max you did the whole length of breadth of the island what would you say was the worst spot middle Gulf was absolutely the worst spot which is just uh you know sandball shaped like a boomerang it's right at the tip of that boomerang at the very at the very outer point um, so at, Cassia Bell and north of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there I saw uh, water lines above my head, like eight, eight to ten feet. Um, in most places, I saw four, like three to four feet, up to six feet in some places. But on that outer edge, on the Gulf side of the island, that middle Gulf area was the worst. Especially yeah. uh, there, 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 there was a lot of uh, older constructions that was completely ripped away. Just I mean, there's literally Shalimar, I believe, is one of them that just yeah. completely is leveled. It's just pilings; nothing's left. It's it, that's sad. I don't know if it's still there, but there was about 15 feet of just Shalimar debris that had been bulldozed off to the side of the road, yeah. uh, over by Daniel Drive, just yeah. past Tarpon Bay. So, needless to say, it's going to be a long time before the islands are back. Um, but we don't know how long we because don't know how of, long. I mean, who would believe that the causeway was open in three weeks? I'm. I was uh, shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah that was insane. Yeah. yeah. So we had a we had a visit from DeSantis. DeSantis, and he originally they'd said it would be about a year, and then six months, and then well, DeSantis it took a year came. for. I mean, we were here when they replaced the old causeway, and that took about a year. I think mm -hmm. they built it beside uh, the new causeway. They were built beside the old causeway, and then they transferred over. So we watched that. And happen. I think so the Sanibel city or the city of Sanibel, you know, Mayor Holly uh, Smith um, and her team, uh, Richard Johnson and uh, the others, they did the a good manager, job. Dana. Yeah, they did a great job of getting in all the resources they could. I mean, I, it, you learn a lot when you're going through this type of thing, but apparently whenever a big organization comes in, they don't just bring their expertise and their manpower, they also bring their finances. So the Army Corps of Engineers, for example, is made up of 20. 8,000 personnel so they bring their personnel they pay for what they're doing and so it's it's it, it's um it was great that they could get so much help well from. speaking of opening back up as of thursday or friday last week sanibel inn opened back up yes they have the first hotel i've seen to go back open right. unless i missed one which is kind of crazy because you still can't get on the island without a yeah, it is only for people with hurricane passes and residents who are want to stay near their homes while they're getting their homes are getting repaired. It's actually Matthew's cottage, or I forget the name of it, but it was designed after the old building that was there. You know, hundred years ago, there was like a two or three story building that eventually became dilapidated, so they knocked it down. But they recreated one a couple of years ago. I know you took pictures of it. Do you mm -hmm. remember? And it was uh, built to category five hurricane standards. So that one, that's why it is open because it is wow. a new construction, new issue. But I mean, the bottom floor must, still must have been swept through, right? And maybe it was yeah. just parking underneath. Who knows? Yeah, I think it was raised up. So yeah, that's why that's up. I know Tween Waters, I believe, is opening some of their rooms too. The I same still thing. have not been to Captiva. 
but I think they're they didn't get it as bad as Sandoval did. Yeah, they? that's what we haven't been out there either. No, we've been there by boat, but we we filmed from a boat. But yeah, no, it's pretty bad. I mean, uh, it, it, well, we didn't go all the way to Captiva. Obviously, we were at uh, Sandiva. Blind Pass and obviously there. Seeing Lazy One. Lazy One is, is completely no gone. And then we saw the owners, funnily enough, um, or Larry uh, the other night and we were in a restaurant in Fort Myers and we had a chat with him and I said, well, luckily the main office part was still there and he said, no, it's not. It's if you look at the building. So we took pictures from the air and if you look at the building, what was facing north is now facing south. It basically did a 180 degree pivot on its foundation. So... That we thought the building that we thought was there actually is absolutely useless because it's completely around. swiveled around. So there's a lot of, uh, but we're um, you know but we it, are positive. We are positive. <laughs> yes, we, we, that's what we, we want to come. We on decided and- not to uh, shoot tons and tons of damaged uh, footage. It's been pretty depressing to be perfectly honest, and I think we want to be part of documenting the recovery of Sanibel and. Uh, Look into the positive side of which, it. Which, starting with that, let's talk about the Sandbell Lighthouse. Which, when the hurricane first happened, there were rumors swirling that the whole the, the lighthouse that had we literally fallen would over. have a comment on our forum every 10, 20 minutes, and we had to keep saying, we'll "Look at the source. We don't know where that came from. We, we're not sure. We're not sure." And it, yeah, sure. we were in Miami, and so we had phone service, obviously, and we were hearing from everyone outside that the lighthouse had. So, Fallen. Or they had heard that the lighthouse had fallen. So I don't yeah. know where that rumor got started, but 18, I heard it from several different 1884, people. 1884, mm-hmm. the lighthouse yeah, was placed so there. Basically, it's just one leg of the lighthouse, but the two, as you can see in here, the little buildings either side, the two, two the cottages are, are gone completely. Yeah. And the lighthouse is precariously close to the water now a yeah lot of the it's within a few feet so i'm surprised that the keeper's cottages went considering they have they were on stilts but the if you look oh, we've got some before and after footage the, the there had been a lot of erosion at the point of the island there where the beach had gone and it was pretty close to the keeper's cottages even before the hurricane but you're right max they were raised up so. yeah. yeah yeah most of the buildings that were on and uh on stilts were okay yeah, yeah. Most so the, 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 the keepers' saw. cottages are gone. The old oil house that housed the kerosene is gone. The and brick structure that was the well that the, used to oh, be the, the cistern, well. cistern you're right, are gone. gone. But and one leg was missing. But they miraculously they found the leg buried under. I do not know how the heck they did they, that. They said it was buried like a couple feet underground. So I don't know if they had. Can you detect it metal? Must have been some steel? sort of sonar or something. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> and I heard, shocking. Yeah, I heard it was broken into a couple pieces. And but right, they put a temporary leg up. They a wooden have a wooden one. leg, which everybody thinks is a pirate's leg. They're saying the lighthouse now has a peg leg. Which is kind of funny. But it's still there. Who's, who said that? It's still there. Who's everybody? <laughs> everybody, maybe you, Laurie. Maybe it's just you. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> commented on the forums about right. it. I thought it was funny. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's uh, so from here? So we've obviously been tied up for the last few weeks doing demolition and uh, all the rest of it. Yeah, and, and now- our studio has been now completely gutted yeah. from we, floor we, to ceiling we took we a nothing. lot of the stuff out obviously once we were able to get out there we took a we borrowed our friend's truck shout out to dave horton we borrowed his truck and we filled up a bit of a truck with the stuff that we've been there for 20 years so we managed to fill up a bit of a truck a with what was, was salvageable trash. well a lot of it was also really messy you you've saved all your books and 
well, half of them were flooded. Yeah. No, I didn't save all of them. The, the top two shells were okay. So that's Well, that's it. good yeah. to hear. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so a lot of rusty then, stands and things that we have. That the we rest of the stuff we, we left behind and let, let the, the, landlord. Owners, the landlord, yeah. came, had a crew come in and ripped out every office on the bottom floor. So we just took a few bits and pieces. We took we, one truckload. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we left the rest. 20, 20 years of... How many years of photos were destroyed? Were the, <laughs> we had all, we've never thrown away a negative and I've been doing photography since 92. Uh, 1992 and we had a whole wall actually it was in the same studio that we did the podcast in was filing cabinets that were four or five feet high and so, they were yeah old were school negatives negatives and then DVDs, we went to CDs, old school dvds cds first then right. dvds, oh, DVDs yeah. um, unfortunately they're all gone they're all lost yeah um we from 2010 on. We did need a purge, really, though, didn't we? We did need a purge, but yeah, yeah. from 2010 <laughs> on, we have because that was all digital and in hard drive. So we do have, we do have all the archives from then. But yeah, that was along with uh, family pictures as well. Not just not just your families, but our family too. So That's quite sad. Sad. But anyway, anyway, moving forward. We we're gonna. We've decided we're gonna get back to doing the podcasting. There is no, you know, thanks for our supporters. Unfortunately, most of our supporters are out of business for the time being. Um, Bailey's is closed. Uh, we haven't even spoken to Eric Pfeiffer. We know the um, crafty ladies. Uh, basically, everybody's nobody's nobody's we business. Actually, is a funny intact. story. We actually put so one of our sponsors is Three Crafty Ladies, which is the uh, fabric and craft store. They're right across the street from us. And when we were out there working for the city, working for the city, yeah. uh, we had a city golf cart. And we actually came upon these two ladies. They were pushing like a stroller with their stuff in it. This was when the causeway wasn't open. And when we got closer, we're like, oh, my gosh, Tracy. And she heard her mother own Three Crafty Ladies. So they had literally picked up the stroller from the side of the road. It had been blown from somebody's condo. And that's what they used to actually try to save whatever they could from their office. And they were they had to walk two miles, I think, back to the boat yeah, that so they we had hired. Ride, but. So we actually picked them up on their golf cart. I they were the, very thankful. <laughs> I did the same thing when I had the golf cart. We had two at one point. And uh, I watched somebody walk from around where the causeway area is down to Sea Oats. No, Murex Lake, Lake Murex. Mm which is how many miles? That uh, must yeah. be a four-mile walk yeah. at least. I passed them once because I was actually on my way somewhere. And I, on my way back, I was like, there's no way I'm passing these people again because right. I just saw them walking and walking. So I picked them up. Turns out they live in England and they have their summer home in, in uh, Sanibel. It was a dad and a son. The son was a few years younger than me. And I gave them a ride because I was going right towards where they were. And I, I think I saved them probably another hour of walking oh easily and yeah. it was so and they had to walk back at the end of the day and it was brutally hot too i mean september october is still super hot not here. to mention all of the shade from right. the leaves that would have been there is gone the leaves were all blown away right so, <laughs> so this it was a really, double whammy uh, this was depressing this we is supposed depressing. to be we well, said we were going to come on and be positive all right now we're being positive i was going to say forward. you did have a positive story when you were out there you said while well, you were biking up and down the residents were oh yeah i mean the very first day i was biking uh and the only thing out there was bikes and then at that point they i think and some of the police billy's bikes uh billy, billy uh, who lent. owns billy's bikes he just basically said the bikes are there to use. Go pick one up. 
and anybody can use one and he literally just donated his so people would just yeah. get on them ride to wherever they want to and so this first day them. it was there was no golf carts there was nothing i think there was a few police golf carts and stuff and no no cars obviously eventually people started getting their cars working again but this first day it was all on foot and bikes and so i was driving riding right past people all day like i said i probably went covered like 20 miles that day on on bike and every single person that I passed had a big smile on their face and was just asking how I was doing. And I just said hello to them. And no, no, strong, everyone, everyone facing some sort of destruction. At that point, they were all residents, too, because there was no yeah. no contractors. So everyone had some personal tie to the island that I passed. Mm. I can only assume. Right. And every single one of them gave me a big smile and wave and yeah. kept going. And I mean, I even ran into some people we know there and had a chat with them and they were positive too, like a few a few yeah. people throughout the day. So the spirit, the Sambo spirit and Captiva spirit is definitely still there and everybody's ready to rebuild and welcome everybody back. Yeah, I think so. And then we need, everybody's going to try and rebuild. The businesses need to try and rebuild. I mean, obviously um, we don't have any sort of business and there's so many others that are in the same boat. We're not the only ones. Right. So I think that's what we're going to do moving forward. We decided we're going to start interviewing people. There's so many fascinating stories of people that actually stayed on the island. Um, I know uh, who, oh, the, who are the people that have uh, Over Easy Cafe? Tracy, Tracy and, and Liza. Liza. They yeah. actually stayed on the island and they actually were rescued, I believe, by a helicopter with their Great Danes. <laughs> they have a couple of Great Danes. Right, so, right. yeah, we so, want to. Yeah, and many, many businesses that are not going to be coming back, unfortunately. But uh, but still are going to have an online presence. I know Lily's Jewelry decided they're just going to go online. So we're going to try to highlight those businesses. that George you can, and Wendy's won't be coming back. Right, but uh, the, try to highlight the business that, that you out there, you guys can purchase um, things from and support these small businesses so that's what we're going to decide we're going to do yeah so we'll give you updates we'll let you know what's going on we'll try and include pictures and video for those of you that can't get here um we're actually going tomorrow to do some video for uh fish correct yeah we're going to be filming going tomorrow morning on the island so we'll try and get some pictures and post some of which those. fish people probably i met some people might not know what a fish is well, don't put me on the spotlight because <laughs> i don't know what it stands for <laughs> i know that was one of our trivia questions it was it's, been it's like friends in need basically it's a they have an organization to yeah. help um underprivileged people to get food to people that are in need. They have a, a food kitchen and they do, but they, well, I think we're well informed they, about our customers. We do know, basically, they've pivoted as well. They're actually doing, they're, they're actually helping out with the hurricane, and we're actually going to film and we're going to show some of the unique things that they're doing now to help out while their usual charitable work is not really possible to continue with. So right. they've just pivoted and they're just refocusing as, in another direction. As a lot of us are. As yes. a lot of us are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking the. <laughs> so um yeah i think that's about it is there anything else you wanted to add max anything else you uh um give us no. any questions let us know any questions if you got if you want to know something about a particular place i mean we can't or if, you, if you if you know 
business owner or someone in the area that might want to be interviewed and come on the, that has some good stories, let us know. Put us some suggestions in uh, the comments. And just really quickly, without uh, we do want to mention there are a couple of people that have had it really bad. We just had Lacey um, on the McClary. podcast, McClary. Which uh, we didn't even air her episode. We did. did we not? No. Oh, yeah. She's it, a it, local it artist. It was supposed to go live as the hurricane was hitting, yeah. wasn't it? Okay. Which we should air we hers. Should, we should air hers. We will definitely air hers. And she actually, we might have to reshoot it. Uh, well, I think we'll reshoot. We'll air it and then reshoot. Or we'll shoot the bit afterwards. But well, maybe we should discuss this off the air. But yeah. basically, <laughs> she lost. Uh, she had an artist studio on Sanibel, one in Fort Myers Beach, and a home, and she lost all three. So uh, we should definitely air her episode. That another guy, Blaine, who you might have seen a couple of episodes back, a fascinating guy who's a shrimp boat owner. For years and years and years, he was while he was on the podcast, he was renting or working for a guy who owned a boat, and he he thought he'd been in and out of the shrimp industry for thirty years, and he just pulled the trigger and bought another boat. Right after our podcast, he called us up and he said, "I've just uh, bought myself a new shrimp boat." We were excited for him, and and he was supposed he had got some shells for me too. Yes, Blaine, I, I come never on. Got my did, shells. Well, did his boat survive? His boat did. Not well. His boat is on dry land. It was lifted up and stacked on dry land. But still land. intact. Intact. He doesn't know if it's going to be able to be salvaged. Wow. So so think of people that's like a that. Whole different, that's a whole different uh, conversation, the Fort Myers Beach shrimp boats. Right. Yeah. That whole, there's a lot of industrial boats. Industrial, is that the word? Commercial, commercial boats. Commercial boats, yeah. In that area by Dock Fords right under the bridge that got completely lifted up and dropped on people's houses. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you go down to Fort Myers Beach still, there's some of the biggest boats I've ever seen sitting on dry land on yeah. the side of the street. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so yeah, lots of uh, individual stories. We're going to try and get some of these people on the podcast. Maybe we can share a little bit of positivity, share a bit of light, and then... And, pl- just, and going forward, we want to share the rebuilding of Sanibel because it is going to happen. Things will come back, and we want to welcome everybody back as soon as um, everything's ready to go. So yeah. we're just going to follow along, share what's happening, and hope you stay with us. And we're, yes, for sure. So thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. And please do check out the other podcasts that we got up there and spread the word. Reach out to us on any of our social media or on the Facebook groups. And if you've got questions for us, please do reach out and we'll try, try our best to answer them for you. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks to our sponsors, even though they're not probably working right now. We still love you anyway. Um, uh, have a great one, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Cue the mu- you got to press the button. Oh, thank you. First time? Oh, see, Max. First time? Does it. There we go. I've got it now, though. I've got it now.